Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two of this special conversation with the incomparable Michael Ray and, and I, the, of the Smile Project Louisville. And uh, if you're on LinkedIn and you're on Facebook and you're not connected to this guy, first of all, get connected to him. I'll tell you how when we finish this conversation. And then if you are connected to him, you know that, that this guy's a rock star and in, in part one of the conversation, we were talking about Maddie Moo. And, and, and I want to spend the bulk of our time in this part of the conversation talking about this beautiful, sweet young lady who has Down syndrome, as Michael mentioned in part one of the, the conversation. You said, Michael, in part one of, of the conversation about Maddie being nonverbal. Um, you, obviously, you knew from birth or even maybe before birth that she was down syndrome. Take us through her story. You mentioned you have three other kids as well, but, but is Maddie your second child, third child? That, that what, is what, correct. She, what, what she's what our second child. Okay. She's our second child. Um, and we didn't know, had no clue. Um, I mean, literally it's, it's one of those things that, um, I, I can still vividly in my mind, remember, that day being in the OR, um, my first was natural. Um, Maddie was inverted. So they did a C-section and then they asked me to come over to the table um, and said, you know, we don't know, um, but she may have Down syndrome. And at that point, um, and she's now my ex-wife, but um, asked me to come over and I said, they they don't know, but we both immediately broke down, you know, crying and, um, being in the middle, you know, the OR, they had to sew her up and all that. So I left for that part of it. But these are these moments in, in life in which you just never forget. I can remember going back to her room, um, and staring out the window at the street and sobbing uncontrolled. Because I knew that my life had totally changed in this moment. Because it, and, and, and they talk about it, 
when you have a child with Down syndrome, everyone processes it differently, but it's, it's almost like trying to manage um, death and how we process it. And some get over, you know, quicker than others. Um, my ex-wife got over it in days. It took me about a month. Mm. And a lot of it is you just don't know any of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, in that case. So it, it is the fear of the unknown and, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with something you don't know how really it, and, and we were young, we were in our, um, I think late, late twenties, you know, so we'll figure it out. Tell me something. How would, how, and I, and I asked you this in part one, I'm going to ask the same question, but in a, in, in a different way in this situation, how would Michael Ray in 2022, how would you have visited that uh, hospital room? You know, t totally different because now that I have experienced and been exposed to multiple traumatic situations in my life. Um, okay, you know, one with Down syndrome. Um, the second was, you know, losing a child. You know, how do you process that? Um, I can't even think about, I, I can't think of the guy's name, but there's an ex-NFL player um, and I can vividly remember him talking about this. And this will kind of answer your question. And a, I want to say it was a drunk driver had hit and killed his wife. Yeah. And he was eulogizing his wife and eulogizing her in a way in which, you know, it's okay because they had faith. They know she's with God in a better place. And they also have to pray for this other family. I guess in talking about that and understanding where I was in my, you know, my life then versus now is that it'll be okay. Yeah. And I think who you're referring to is Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. It was actually That's exactly who it is. That's yeah. Exactly. It was, yeah. And, it was, and, and hearing his, yeah. I, I was blown away. I cried through what he talked about it. And I'm like, He's right. You know, we want to mourn, but when you look at it and go, and, and as we talked about before we started this, you know, my grandmother passed away recently, and in the importance of where she was in my life, I was like, God gave me two mothers. But yet, her dying at 99 was rejoicing because I knew with the relationship she had with God that man, heaven's a much better place than here. But yeah. So, so yes, it was Monty Williams, not to say that, but again, for, for me and anyone who goes through that, my mind is just set up differently now. You know, it, it doesn't mean, you know, if my 25-year-old daughter all of a sudden tonight would get into a tragic car accident, then I'm not going to feel grief, but I'm not going to allow that to control and define my future like I allowed other events in my life too. And when I say that, I'm talking about the flip side, you know, depression. Yeah. Um, and how we manage our emotions. And then that time of my life, it controlled me. Yeah. And the reason I asked that question is I've thought so many times, Michael, that I wanted to go back to, to pivotal moments in my life. And I would like to now have walked into the room, me now, 
in that moment in time in my life and either put my arm around myself right. or kick myself in the rear end and go, hey, uh, I know how this is going to turn out and you're an idiot. You know, you need to, you need to, you need to, you, you need to kind of change your thinking because, you know, when I lost my dad pretty suddenly back in 2012, uh, you know, when, when I was a kid, my dad, when, whenever we would get spanking, yeah, we'd get a spanking. I mean, my, I my dad, my, my backside hand to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, my dad always would, would say dried up. Basically it's over with, it's time to move on. And, and I was grieving. And I kept hearing my dad say, "Hey, it's it's over with. You got to you've got to move on. You got to get back to work. You've got to do. You've got a family to take care of. You got responsibilities to take care of." And and it's not that that I felt like I could just shut that part off, but but my dad's wisdom was life moves on. What my dad was trying to say in those moments when I was a kid that I heard at forty years old was, "Hey, man, life moves on. Life goes on, and things like that." Take me, if you don't mind, I want to, I want to dig a little deeper there into losing a child because there's so many people in this audience that have gone through that. And if I could go there with you for just a quick moment, yeah. what was that situation like, you know, take me into that moment because for a parent, that's the ultimate nightmare. How did you come through that? You know, without, I, I listen, how did you come, yeah. how did you come through that? without being totally messed up in your life because that's you, you know i i still look back on that time and i thank god that at least i was blessed with the ability to not make really bad decisions and when i say really bad i laugh about it now and go my drug of choice became sugar that i, I didn't turn to alcohol and drugs and things but but it was hard to process for me um, because he was an identical twin. So I always looked at it as I had a constant reminder of what it would have been like. Um, you know, and, and, and two, what was going through our minds is that we had three girls and we had waited five years not thinking we were going to have any more kids. And then we made that decision going, okay, we're going to take one more stab at it. Maybe yeah. we're going to get a boy. Yeah. So then first we found out we were having twins and it's like, oh my dear heavenly father, you know, our lives are totally upside down. And I was thinking, dear Lord, if you give me two more girls and I have five girls, I don't know what I have done to upset the apple cart. <laughs> Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car. Whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year, let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for profit. Now this is a course taught by my good friend Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks, it could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash 
backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement. And you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. But then when we found out that they were going to be boys, I was beyond elated. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, again, this is one of those situations in which, you know, when things like this in your life happen, I'll never forget the entire day. So he was about three months old. Um, It was September 16, 2006. And I caught a lot of grief that day because um, it was my ex-wife's birthday. And I chose to want to go to a Louisville football game because we were playing the University of Miami that day. And we were both, I think at the time, you know, highly ranked, huge game. And I said, look, I'll make it up to you after the game because we were going to connect with friends, go out to dinner and celebrate her birthday and all this kind of stuff. But I'll never forget the moment in which, as I was walking through the living room, they were both laying side by side beneath this mobile, you know, for for kids. They were three months old. And I reached down, kissed them both. I left. I went to the football game. And somewhere near the end of the first quarter, I got a phone call that they had um, rushed my son to the hospital. Not knowing anything because a neighbor had actually called me. So, you know, again, you have to play this through your mind. I'm running out of the stadium with the guy I was at the game with. Um, all the way across, I mean, we parked like a half mile away. And we had about a 25-minute drive, probably doing 100 miles an hour yeah. to get to the hospital. And as I walked in, um, I mean, I walked into everyone crying he was already dead you know and then hearing the story of which um you know what took place and 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 my ex-wife um had laid them both down for a nap had got sam up gave him a bath went back to get charlie and he had flipped over and he was purple mm-hmm. so in the moment you know of course we did not know until we did the autopsy but he had a um he had a rare brain condition um, called multi-cystic encephalopathy in which it's a clot and the clot burst and killed, killed him instantly. Mm. Mm. So the struggle for me back then and really why it ruined my marriage was because he died in the house. I had this identical twin and, and you know, I worked in the mortgage industry at the time and I <laughs> I worked probably at the, one of the worst times in, in U.S. history other than the depression and that was the recession that that took place in the industry and my career fell apart um and, and i look back at that time and you know my ex-wife wanted to move and downsize and i said you'll have to pry my lifeless body from this house because my son died here mm. you know and until the point where we were um 
almost being foreclosed on because we just couldn't afford any of it. Um, and at that point, the marriage was a mess. Um, and, and I think it took me really to, to, to come to grips with it probably eight or nine years, a long time, you know, a long time. And, and I look back at those moments, you know, what would I do differently going, why did my ex-wife and I wait three years to get into counseling? Yeah. You know, so you look at those situations. So I, I now rejoice in knowing my son's in heaven. Yeah. And there's probably not a day that doesn't go by that I don't talk to him. Um, and, and, you know, I still see a constant reminder when I look at my other son, Sam, but it's, 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 it's thankfully most of the time it's different emotions. Um, you know, I, I look at the good. Well, and here's the you thing know. too, Michael, you know, they say identical twins feel, yeah. each, feel thing. I mean, you're in the womb together. And I, I yeah. laugh at my son now going, I said, can you share nine months with your bro? Man? Well, and, and, and yeah. I would just wonder too, you know, does Sam feel Charlie's spirit with him every day? Does he feel that, you know, that, that connection? And, and here's where I'm going with this. Maybe there is a part of, because, you know, again, studying the Bible and things like that, when, when Elijah was taken up to heaven in the whirlwind of fire, in the chariot of fire, he told Elisha, he said, if you see me go up, you're going to get a double portion of my spirit. Your ma my mantle is going to fall and you get to get a double portion. You're right, yeah. And, and could it be that Sam has taken on some characteristics that Charlie would have exhibited as a teenager? Maybe the Lord just said, hey, here's a, you know, you guys were together. I don't know, but but again. You know, dude, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I would certainly think it's even beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's. No question. And, you know, what, what separates us from an opportunity to go to heaven? Okay, if you have no relationship with Christ, that's a strong possibility that you're choosing to go to hell. Um, but I often sit here and say and tell people, you know, if you have a perfect soul. So I look at my son, Charlie. Okay, he was three months old. He was baptized, so he's without sin, so he's in heaven. Yeah. And yeah. I look at Maddie, and I go, okay, again, as I spoke to earlier, she has a perfect soul in which I don't think because she doesn't really have a conscience to process to be able to sin. Yeah. So I'm going to have two people in heaven Yeah. who I'm trying to do everything I can because I tell people this when you think of heaven – a lot of times it's hard to process what eternity looks like. That's a long time. Yeah. So I'm trying to have that relationship with Christ and give that to others through the form of, of love again in a relationship with a little girl who, who can't speak. I don't, I don't, I don't talk as often about my son, but I have shared that part of my journey. Um, in those in moments in which it's it's okay yeah to yeah. be sad 
but yet to not allow it to control you like it did me again day in, week in, month after month, to year after year, to where I was broken personally and professionally. Well, and that's what I said, and, 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 and I said this to kind of pull, peel the curtain back. I always pray before every podcast. I pray with a guest, and that's what I said when, 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 when I prayed. I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast, and it could be somebody that was in exactly the same boat you are. And there's a lot of connective tissue in oh. in the stories of people because, you know, people that have suffered miscarriages, people that I, I knew a girl years ago when I was selling food. I, I had a daycare center. I'm selling food to this daycare center. And this girl was seven and a half months along with her first child, and the child died in, in, in the womb. I mean, it was, and she had to carry the child until they could deliver it being dead already. And I've always thought back to that moment Now she has another son and, and he's probably, gosh, she'd probably be 18 or 19 years old by now, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but I always remember that moment when I found out when they, when they told me, Hey, Lisa lost the, the baby. And I, my heart just broke because I had gone through having my son in a kind of a, a traumatic fashion, but my son was okay. I mean, he was doing well. And again, you just, there is connective tissue with people that you just, you'll never meet them. I'll never meet them, but they'll hear your story. And it just goes, yeah, I've been there. I've walked that road. I got to ask about Maddie Moo. What is it about her that lights up a room? Because again, you, you realize she's nonverbal. She, she, you know, I'm sure there's, you talk about having a perfect, oh, she, yeah. she, so she, what, what is it about her? That, that... She, she can say about five or six words. She's never put two words together. So when I say five or six words, yeah, no, hey, um, happy, uh, coffee. Um, <laughs> She's a again, girl. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, hey, there's yes, an idea, man. It. Maybe we can get Starbucks to fund the Smile Project with Maddie Moo saying, "I mean, go do the drive-through. I mean, Maddie, yeah. what, what does coffee make you feel happy? You know, what I mean? hey, I got it. So, if there's anybody out there with a the connection to Starbucks, you, we need to get you in touch with Michael because we need a, we need a big corporate sponsor for the Smile Project, and we've got just the girl for it. We got Maddie Moo who loves coffee. That's that's one of the five or six words she can say is coffee. Hey, listen, I know people that that's about all the five or six words that they can say is coffee. Right, coffee is one of them. <laughs> exactly. So, but, but, no, but you know what? Yeah. I guess it goes back to, you know, two is which there's something about some people in which you feel something with them about their presence. So when you're in the presence of Maddie, you, you just feel something with her that even though you can't sit there and have a conversation with her, you can't help to feel certain things that she's happy, she loves her family, um, and, and I, I tell this to people too, that she, she finds it in just the simple things, <laughs> you know, in life. But, but, but again, 
a lot of times too, that just goes back to, to the people we have, you know, in our life. So even though she can't have conversations with you, um, she comprehends. Now she's 23. She doesn't comprehend like a 23 year old because you can't sit there and go, Hey, write your name. She can't write her name, you know? So I don't know if a five or six year old can, you know, at that point you may not be able to write your name, but, but I could sit here, you know, this is fascinating. If I, if I asked my 15 year old son to go follow those, you know, fold those two baskets of laundry and empty the dishwasher, he'd lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? Because he'd focus on, it takes him away from whatever else he wants to do. Yeah. But yeah. if I asked Maddie, She'd do it all day. She'd do it all day and she finds joy in it because I think the way her mind processes it is I'm helping my dad. Yeah. My dad finds joy in me helping him so I don't look at it as a, this menial task. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I, she'd empty the dishwasher all day long. Yeah. And never come. <laughs> Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Have you ever wanted to live a bucket list life? Or if you're a business owner, have you ever wanted to incentivize your team in unbelievable ways? I have got just the thing for you. You need to contact my friend, Brad Norwood, with Dream It Pro Professional Events. Brad's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, and I can tell you he has helped numerous companies achieve unbelievable things through experience travel. Experiences are what people want. They want to know how they can live incredible bucket list lives as well, too. And Brad can help you with both of those things. I can't give you any better encouragement than to give Brad and his team a call right now at 479-466-6907 or go to www.dreamitpro.com. And when you get there, click on events and you are going to see some unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And I promise you this, unlike plaques, awards, trophies, things like that, experiences, and trips like these don't burn up in a fire. Again, go to www.dreamitpro.com today. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. How she impacted her brother and sisters? What what, what kind of impact do you, you know, like all, all, all differently? You know, and I say differently because, you know, look, we're all wired differently. We have different personalities. Um, you know, my, my my oldest daughter is probably not as nurturing as my 21-year-old daughter, where she's kind of more like a, a mother figure, where my oldest daughter is like, oh, dear God, you know, it, it's like being a nurse going, do I have to go do that again? You know, again, it's something don't love her whereas sam you know is overly protective you know yeah. of, of of his sister yeah um and i don't really talk very rarely if never talk about this but um i i grew up with so my grandmother that i lost um i have an aunt who's 77 now that um 
has intellectual disabilities. And unfortunately, you know, back at one point in time, they had they didn't know what else to call it other than you were mentally retarded, you know, in which I, I hate that term. But yeah, she probably has, you know, again, can't read or write, has the mind of a five or six year old. So it's fascinating because I've had those conversations with my grandmother. You know, and when, when I when Maddie was born, she understood um, because, you know, someone who's basically always going to be totally dependent. And look, there are kids with Down syndrome that can speak and have conversations and can practically drive a car and have gone to college. Maddie's not one of them. How did that help you as a parent, knowing that your grandmother had walked that road? Because I got to think, Michael, there's something comforting about somebody that you love and trust and respect that has walked that road before you? Well, you know, again, I think once you understand um, God's plan, you know, if you do have faith, that it kind of showed me the way. And and, and I look back, you know, Maddie was born in 99. I lost my son in, in 2006. So there was that period of time in which I think a lot of the lessons that Maddie taught me even though they were probably marinating in my mind, I wasn't nurturing them. You know, until I I kind of really, for me, rock bottom um, was I had like nothing. And when I say nothing, you know, I went from living in a 4,000 square foot house, making two, 300 grand a year to driving, you know, a nice car to where I was living with my parents, delivering pizzas. And I just started seeing things differently and understanding where I was in my life. And and I think where where the humility really kicked in is because I delivered a lot of pizzas in that 20 months to people who knew me and knew this other side of Michael Ray going, he was this crazy successful mortgage guy <laughs> once he delivered pizzas. Yeah. But when you do that enough and you don't worry about what the world thinks about you, because this is basically where I'm at. This is how I'm figuring things out in my life. And it's okay that I live with my mom and dad, even though I'm 43 years old. Um, you start looking at life differently. And then I started looking at Maddie going, I've always had this constant reminder. And the fascinating thing I, I tell people about Facebook is being that I got on early, I don't know, 2008, 2009, I have a lot of things that show up from years ago as memories and things that show up well before I started doing this, but they were the reminders of a time in which it's how I really started looking at life in Maddie that are still these pleasant reminders going, okay, I didn't officially start small project until 2018, but I'm sitting here saying in 2012 going, my daughter has a smile to change the world. (laughs) Well, it was almost like the groundwork was being laid for you and you just had no idea the path that it was going to take. And 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 Brian, and let me tell you this, and you're exactly right. And I've had moments in my, in my life now that I say, 
God speaks to us, but more often than not, we tune him out. We don't think it's God talking to us, but I've had very private moments and I can vividly remember times in 2014 going, you know, God going, I have big plans for you. Yeah. But, but those big plans, I tell people going, I wanted it next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, again, God's timing is no, you got to keep doing the work. So that way then when I'm ready for you, you know, this is how it's going to play out. And yes, it took, it took a handful of years, but I look back on this now when I had that conversation with God going, this is what he was talking about. Yeah. This is what he had in store for me. But you know, I had to go through this, this, and this now, but I look at it now so much differently because it's the ability to, to inspire and impact the lives of others. No, I love that, Michael, because again, we don't know. And, and I tell people this, and, and when we went through something really hard in 2017, my wife found a, a sign somewhere and she bought it, you know, and we were like, I was like, you're going to spend like 40 bucks on a sign when I got no job and, you know, and, but she, she bought this sign and it stayed over our fireplace at our house. And it said, if God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. And it's a constant reminder to us. Like, yeah, that's, that's a true story. That's a true statement we've always been able to hang our hat spiritually on that. And I love the fact that every time I see Maddie Moo in a video, you just see pure unbridled joy in no matter what. And, and that's what, that's why I wanted to take some time. And I, and I told you when I, when I reached out to you, I said, Hey, I want to talk about Maddie Moo and, and tell her story because I feel like Michael and, and not and man from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing some of the things you shared with me. Hey, I'm, welcome, I'm yeah. grateful, but I don't feel like the story of Michael Ray on the intentional encourager podcast would be complete without sharing the story of Maddie Ray on the intentional encourager podcast. And she can't share it, but you can. What do you think would be Maddie's and, and I want to go here. Let me, let me go here for just a minute because I, I usually end conversations with this. I might ask you what your biggest piece of intentional encouragement is. I want to flip the script a little bit and ask you what you think Maddie's biggest piece of intentional encouragement would be to others. Wow. Um, you know, it's fascinating because I, I, I think God and angels have revealed themselves themselves to her. So even for a girl who can't talk, um, you know, again, you see and feel it in the videos that I'd ask my 15-year-old son going, hey, do you want to roll with me, dude? We got to go to Target. We got to go to Kroger's. We got to go, you know, run four or five errands. He'd be like, no, I'm good. Peace out. <laughs> I'm going to hang here. I'm going to play on my phone Peace or whatever, yeah. whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. 
But again, Maddie, yeah, let's go. Because again, I think she, she understands and knows that where she's most happy is just being. Yeah. My 21-year-old would say the same thing to me. It's I'm just like, hey, being dude. with people. Yeah. Hey, dude, you want to run some errands with you? No, I'm good. I'm going to hang out and watch this movie or something. Don't feel bad, Michael. It's it's So, it's, so, so, so you know, I would, I would ask you, if you're infinitely wealthy and you didn't have to work, what would you want to do? Well, I, I would tell you I'd want to do things where I'm around my friends, my family, yeah. and I'm just constantly trying to make other people feel loved and happy. She lives in probably a state of grace. So if you do, and here's the other thing people don't, you know, understand about her and don't see, because I don't, I don't really talk about it a whole lot, but she um, has to have all of her food pureed. Yeah. She can't, you know, so she doesn't even make independent decisions about when she's going to eat her next meal and what it's going to be. We just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again, she just lives constantly with there's no stress. My anxiety ain't going crazy. So if you're living in this state of grace and love all the time because you're just hanging around family and 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 doing life is simple. You're not complicating things in your mind. I mean generally one of the most craziest stressful questions that I think most families deal with day in and day out. You know what that is? What's that? What do you want for dinner? Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, good call out. Yeah. You, you know, you know, so, so again, just the simplicity of, of, of that and everything with her. So what I, what I like people to take when I'm sharing the videos with her is, is that I just find so much love that even though still caring for her is not easy. But and people don't need to know about that. I focus on how much love she brings to me in the world. And that's where I find infinite joy. Man, that is so, yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, if we could, if we, if, if we could just find that raw, pure, unbridled joy everybody's life would be a lot less stressful man be a lot I, lot right? better life yeah hey i i want it i've got to save room for you to tell folks how to connect with you if they want to donate to to smile project i, I want to i want you to take the next couple minute or so tell folks how they can connect with you so yeah so if you're on if you're on yeah. linkedin um it's it's pretty simple it's michael ray if you're on facebook um I do take personal requests from people I don't know. I have a separate page, Smile Project Louisville. You can find me there. The, the website is Smile Project Louisville. Um, you know, again, it's a giant pay it forward movement. So if people feel that they want to donate, one of the areas that I'm really trying to pursue is the opportunity to speak and get in front of the masses. So if your organization, company, um, trade association, whatever is looking for somebody, um, to inspire the masses, I would ask you to consider me. <laughs> dude, right? I love it. I, dude, I love it. And, and again. Hey, come here real quick. Hey, this is not often. Hey, where did you get that book? Come here. So th this is my oldest daughter, Hannah. Uh, so real quick. So, 
Hey, just Hannah, <laughs> welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. <laughs> All right, you can go. You were well, listen, for a second, yes. <laughs> listen, this has been a joy to have you. Um, man, I, I again, I, I've turned from fan to friend, which is a beautiful thing. And again, folks, and you're not far from Louisville, man. So you got to get I, your I'm three over hours here. from Huntington, from the Huntington well, area. So, to so when you talk about Norwood, we're looking to get him here. So when we do, yeah, um, our buddy Brad Norwood, well, who's yes. been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast, but go to SmileProjectLouisville.com. And again, that's the correct way to say it. It's not Louisville. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. 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 If you're going to be a, if you're going to be a part of that scene, you got to say Louisville. Go to SmileProjectLouisville.com. We'll share all the the stuff in the notes. Michael Ray, you're the best, brother. I appreciate you, and thank you for oh, joining yeah. me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And, of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.